0: Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we have encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable in this forever changing world.
1: Today, we and our friends in the UK will explore the reasons for the resistance coming from middle management, team, and individual levels.
0: You know, JF, as you mentioned, No one really explains to middle management what agile really is and what it means to them. As we've heard from both the U.S. and the U.K., they're all worried that they're going to lose their jobs. I mean, it's fight or flight for them. Fight because they have worked hard to climb that leather, and they're not about to lose that. Flight, if the company is indeed going agile and they want that leather, they'll go elsewhere to find it.
1: Yeah, I think that can be traced to the fact that there was a lack of any training or writing dealing with the role of managers, especially during the early years of Agile post-manifesto. This lack definitely had some negative impact and contributed to the fear. In as much as there was something good and positive that Agile brought about, that is, it made everything transparent, there was also, however, a new vulnerability that people had to deal with. And in many transformations, psychological safety was not addressed. So change was being asked, but as he stated Minway, some of the leaders didn't change the structures that brought about these problems. People felt more vulnerable with those transparency, but this lack of safety and addressing major systemic problems made people want to hide and scatter like mice when the lights are turned on.
2: Yeah, I mean, JF, I've got some very similar experiences to this. You know, ultimately the exec team in an organization can actually make it very simple. All right. And in supporting the organization, having it from the top down, reassuring the middle management that somehow they're not going to end up losing their jobs in any way, shape or form. You know, the CEO hired me in as a CTO to bring about change but then actually didn't bother sort of helping the middle management team to evolve or change their way of thinking to help them realise they won't lose their jobs. The the agile ways of working are not designed to remove management capabilities, right, within parts of the organisation, which often happens. It is, as I mentioned earlier, about this idea of moving from that fixed mindset to that growth-evolving mindset. I, I truly believe if he brought them... Somehow on the same change journey as the rest of us were on with our parts of the organization. And it's not that we were trying to do it in a siloed way, but we just were not allowed to work with other parts. I believe this resistance just would have gone day one, just literally vanished. The CEO realized, well, didn't realize, actually, he had the, or had been the one that actually created this friction You know, and with all his wrong messaging, you know, that, uh, guys, you're not going to lose your jobs.
3: Yeah, this is just a really clear message that needs to be coming through from the top. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you've seen middle managing fearing this change and actually the response of team members then leaving for pastors new. And I came up with a whole host of reasons why someone would resist that change. And it could range from losing one's authority, the fear of failure, the fear of the unknown, getting called out. There's also middle managers who I've encountered who are the belief that the team are incapable of de- decision making. And there's nothing more frustrating than that when you know you've actually hired these people for the skills that they have i mean you got to feel sorry for middle managers because at the end of the day they are torn between delivering their objectives to the exact team and also making sure that their teams are meeting those objectives and so not aligning that and they're not aligning to the goals and when they can't see the goals aligning to what they believe needs to be done i think that's where the resistance kicks in because they've got their own agenda there
0: yeah and for teams They don't want to go through agile transformation when the rest of the company doesn't change. And when the company insists of doing things the same way, acts the same way, value the same thing, the teams can't really be agile. And this includes teams who have had bad agile transformation before or teams that are not software.
1: Yeah, over the years, I've also observed that this fear has been replaced with outright hostility to agile because people went through traumatic transformations. There was a boom of consultants in the mid to late 2000s and early 2010s, and these consultants overpromised and under-delivered. It even went beyond Silicon Valley because I remember having to sit down with my cousins when I was visiting the Philippines for the Christmas holidays. My cousins were working with the Philippine arm of a very well-known US-based enterprise company, and I was dumbfounded with what they told me they were being asked to do all they learned from these consultants flown in was process, process, process. And the process didn't even fit their context. The principles of agile were missing. I had to spend a couple of hours sitting them down and unwinding what they were taught and reframe it to their context. And only then did it make sense to them.
3: Yes, absolutely. Teams are not always taught the principles and considered not senior enough to attend such meetings. That's so frustrating. And it's really important to the senior manager to think that they are the ones that have to attend these meetings. That way teams are missing out. They're not able to contribute towards these decisions. So imagine when, you know, the whole point of like building a product and getting everyone involved is to build the right thing, but instead they go around doing things right instead of Doing, building it right I think if that makes sense uh, but imagine the frustration of not getting the right outcomes.
2: I think you know my third example is probably even slightly worse because obviously the reason for the potential attrition that could have taken place or had previously taken place was that element of that bureaucracy that command and control pure micromanagement of the engineers having to sit with that finance team away from the rest of their family and not with their peers right and so And it was their peers who started enjoying, you know, smarter, better ways of working. The culture was changing. Everyone was being sort of part of a real community. And, you know, for them, the culture was changing for the better. For everybody else on the floor above, unfortunately, theirs was changing for the worse.
0: Yeah. Well, as to the individuals, it could be that they're not used to the agile way of thinking, as I mentioned before. They're used to following established rules and structures, especially the Asian cultures. So they don't know how, but there are also others who just don't want to think. They want to be able to say, I have done what you asked of me, now I can go
3: home, leave me alone. Oh my God, yes. I actually had something similar where we actually had, and forgive me for saying this, we had a bit of a lazy architect who'd been hiding away from doing any work at all. I think he'd been there about two, three years and denied all Agile Ceremony invitations. He declined each and every one of them. And my suspicion was that he was scared of getting caught out. Daily stand-ups at the end of the day did not let, during daily stand-ups, he just wouldn't let, he wouldn't attend, basically. By hiding behind this resistance, he felt that, you know, he didn't have anything to add in terms of the value that he didn't really give, because he wasn't doing anything while he was new to agile ways of working he believed that in- inviting entire teams to a meeting was just nonsensical because the reality was it was his non-contribution that he was afraid of being called out which led him to actually becoming a resistant manager in himself and we he, he did get found out because for every daily stand-up he had he was repeating the same work time and again and then you could start to see a pattern of behavior there so it was an interesting uh, thing I mean at the end of the day I was just trying to make it very clear we're not here to catch you out we're here to get work done so you know quite an awkward conversation to be had with them
2: needing to be collaborative rather than everything else look let's go just back to my last point my example one that I shared earlier one simple reason for this resistance obviously at that middle management level the altar of conformance the ideology of controlism simple parts the person in command was you know simply the one the, the program director who was all about bureaucracy command and control and micromanagement and that's it that person had spent 25 26 27 years whatever it was working in that particular way wasn't going to evolve was sat in a fixed mindset And unfortunately, that was where the problem stemmed.
1: That's it, folks.
0: Stay tuned for our next series. Thank you so much for listening to Our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on ouragiletales.com.